You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hardigan. That I am for my sins. We, <laughs> is it the, it's a punishment, isn't it? Uh, we are together again, breathing the same air, which does not smell like farts this week. Sorry about that, James. Remember that last week? It was grotesque. I should say that we're very grateful that you could make it in today because London is covered in snow. By that, I mean there's about an inch of it on the ground. Yeah, there's a light dusting. And there is at least a 200-meter walk between this building and Joe's hotel. So the fact that you were able to make it here through all of the travel chaos is an achievement. You're, by the way, James's uh, sarcasm here is not directed at me. No. I know how to handle the snow. The city of London does not. The entire country can't handle anything that is not overcast and 17 degrees. If it's any colder <laughs> than that, it's screwed. Any warmer than that, it's screwed. Is it if just... it's wet, it's screwed. If there are leaves falling from the trees, <laughs> we're screwed. Is it just the Scottish that know how to handle snow? Is that it? Because it must snow up there on the regular. To be fair, and I don't want to get too political, um, they know how to handle it. They just don't have any of the shit they need to sort that stuff out. Because I guess the feeling is it happens so infrequently that there's no They're point like, spending bother? the money. Why yeah. bother? Coming up on today's show, the American Poker Awards happened this week. I was nominated. I attended. Some funny things happened. Also, I lost. But <laughs> Nick Shulman won. And no, guess what? that's shocking. I can't believe that happened what? because Nick? no one could have who, predicted that. Who knew that Nick, uh, except for everyone, yes, Nick Shulman won, but we got him on the show. Yes. Because we're movers and shakers in the industry. <laughs> no, I just cornered him at the party. Also, uh, I played some live poker over the weekend, but we're going to save that for next week because we have too many stories from the award show to go over. I like that. So this week is going to be our recap of the American yep. Poker Awards. Next week, we'll cover off your weekend at the Hippodrome playing the London Mega Stack and some other stuff that's been going on in the poker world. Great. And then I think after that, we're going to recap cash game shows again, probably. Probably our last cash challenge recap. And then we'll be looking ahead to Sochi. I mean, wow. It doesn't seem that long ago that we were in the Bahamas and already the next live stream is just around the corner. It seemed like it was going to be a big gap, but we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Uh, let's see. What is on? Oh, no. We got one more thing to talk about uh, in the intro here. Superfan. Michael. Michael Nadazdi. He is on the blower, and I am already a minute. You know, I wrote this intro before I actually watched Cannonball Run. <laughs> and I wrote, I'm already a winner because I got to watch the movie Cannonball Run for the first time ever. And okay, I, now, can I yeah. point out that when this was first suggested as a subject, yeah. I made a face, and you were like, oh. And I mentioned the fact that even though I grew up with this film and really enjoyed it as a kid, that watching it again in later life, I hated it. And producer Ben was like, you cynical prick, this movie's fantastic. So Joe, do you agree with cynical James or producer Ben? Uh, I, Michael Nadazzi, fuck you for choosing this <laughs> as the specialty subject, as I have to say. I really, really wanted to like this movie. Um, First of all, I remembered at like midnight last time. Oh shit, I have to watch Cannonball Run. This movie is so bad. It's not on iTunes. It is not on Amazon. There's there's no one who cares about the distribution rights to this movie and anymore. I, and I feel bad because ben, I love producer Ben and I respect his opinion a lot of the time, but it's just one of those movies that's grandfathered into his life. It is a piece of fucking garbage. It is awful. It is I thought that the um the genre of film where the people are having more fun making the movie than you are watching it was yeah. invented by like the Seth Rogen crew. No, this movie is is not even so much a movie; it's just a collection of scenes where it's a bunch of actors who are just 
taking the piss. Including Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. who are pissed throughout and are clearly just let loose to do whatever the fuck they want. Like, it's like they're standing in front of the camera just two middle fingers being like, fuck you, audience. We're getting paid to drink and speak words. There were a couple of highlights. I did like Jackie Chan in the movie. I did... Really like Roger Moore is hilarious. He's the only guy trying in the entire movie is Roger Moore, and he nails it. I, I have tons of so, respect for that guy. As you know, I often outsource the compilation of the Superfan questions yeah. to our loyal interns, Robbie oh, and Matty. So, of course, this week they were tasked with watching interns, the movie. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they've given me the questions. They're in an envelope. We'll bring bring, the, bring those out when the Dude, Superfan... Dude, I'm not sure I'll be able to recall anything about this movie, <laughs> even though I watched it last night. It was... A chore. But I also kind of cornered them and I said, guys, what do you think of the movie? And they were at first a little bit nervous because they might be a little bit worried that maybe James likes this film and we don't really want to get you into an ups, argument with James mama. about movies. Don't upset mama. But no, they admitted that, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's pretty shit. It may, oh, it just, it was... We have to say this now, by the way, because it'll be awful when Michael comes on the line to basically say, yeah, the movie that you chose... We... No, I'm going to say fuck you to his, okay. to his quote-unquote okay. face. Have also. you seen anything... In the last week that you actually liked. Yes. I saw another movie I hated. The Interview. Finally saw The Interview. The one with Seth Rogen and James Franco. What a steaming pile. Just what a terrible... I mean, there's a couple of laughs in it. Do you think that Sony used all of the controversy as an excuse just to shit can this film and not waste money on a theatrical distribution. I think more people definitely saw it as a result of it being yanked from theaters than ever would have seen it in the theaters. It is this, this I think I already used this phrase. It is a steaming pile. It is really bad. Um, like it's got a, it's got a couple of moments in it and some of I, I just not even, it's not even worth it. I did watch something I loved. Yeah. A futile and stupid gesture which is a Netflix original movie, and it is about um, the guy that started National Lampoon magazine. Uh, he took the Harvard Lampoon, made it National Lampoon, wrote Caddyshack, wrote Animal House, and it's a f if you're a fan of comedy, if you're a fan of that genre of movies, it is a fascinating movie. I'm a huge fan of Caddyshack, and can I just say that if there is anyone out there who wants to volunteer that movie as their specialist subject... We haven't done Caddyshack yet? No, we haven't. And if anyone picks it, do you know what? I'll throw in some extra prizes for that one. Something that I learned from this movie, if you don't do a gesture, is that Caddyshack was a dud. Nobody liked it when it first came out. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's a, great it's a great movie, biopic, and very funny. Uh, and... Um, Will Forte is amazing, and then Donald Gleason plays his writing partner, and he's also fantastic. Now, the only thing I've started watching on Netflix recently is Altered Carbon. I'm only halfway through Did the you very first okay. episode, and I, I still don't know what to make of it yet, other than that why are there still people out there in the television industry who are trying to make Joel Kinnaman a thing? You know, I was he kept saying in The Killing, little man. Oh, come on, little man. It's just weird because he's, he's Swedish. But he always plays some kind of like urban urban white dude. Yeah, but as I said, I'm not going to judge. Good, it's a half an episode you got through? Yeah, exactly. You can't judge it from that. So I will report back later on. Um, the highlight of my week yeah. was discovering Rocket League. How fucking fun is Rocket League? Best game ever. My daughter is addicted. I'm addicted. The thing is, the idea of playing football with vehicles is incredibly simple and also ridiculously stupid, but it's so much fun. And there is a very good chance that you will not see or hear from me from the rest of the it's year because I'll be playing Rocket League. Thank you very it's much. It's super frustrating, though. I can't tell you how many times I'm just like inches below the ball. Every time. 
Yeah. Like I'm just swinging a miss, swinging a miss, swinging a miss. And I've I've been playing Rocket League for a long time and I still suck at it. <laughs> really, really bad. Uh the low light of my week, and the irony here is that in the wake of recording last week's podcast, mm-hmm. where Joe brought up the fact that he'd had this Facebook message from a chap called Manuel, <laughs> who was asking to be sent via email the spreadsheet software that the tournament staff use when trying to div- uh, decide an ICM deal. And I jokingly said, well, he would have been better off contacting me than you. And the very next morning, and I, the know, universe. <laughs> I know he wasn't inspired by the podcast because we hadn't even published the bloody thing yet. What was the first tweet I saw? Hi, James. Can you please send me the spreadsheet software? Manuel sent me his email address and asked for the software. Did you send it to him? I ghosted him. You ghosted him. Wow. I learned from the master. Well, I, I get ghosted. I'm not the ghost error, generally. Uh, should we do an event recap? Yes, please. Event recap. Event recap. bored of playing that 30 second anthem which to me sets the tone of reverence that the american poker awards deserve they, they uh th- it's not the same one that they use at the awards right no no because no, no. the one at the awards so i was telling my date i was like get used to this song because they play it every single Da-da. It was, it's really awful and she didn't really un- get it till about halfway through now I was aware that you took a date because as you know I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook but someone did show me that oh yeah Joe was boasting about the fact that he'd taken some girl to the American Poker Awards and they showed me the post so I saw that you were there with a young lady I wasn't boasting I don't think I was. yes you were you said I didn't win an award but I'm still a winner nudge, I still nudge, feel wink, like wink. I'm a winner yeah but it was more of like a thanks for it was like a bit to big her up Mm. Not me. Anyway, who was she? She was, uh, so I've got a long tradition now of taking girls that are way out of my league to the American Poker Awards. I took my friend Heidi the first year. I took uh, Russian model last now, year. Obviously, I do not want to say anything against the GPI American Poker Awards presented by PokerStar. <laughs> if I had a girl I was looking to impress, I'm not sure it would be top of my list of date nights. That's the thing. I wasn't looking to impress the girl in any of these cases. I wanted people to be impressed by the girl. Oh, I see. Oh, that's really pathetic. Yeah, no, it's awful. And so this is one of the girls that was in the movie uh, that I visited in Japan. She's one of the actresses from the movie. Ah, I see. And she was in LA for pilot season and is like doing auditions and meetings and stuff. And not only did I drag her to the American Poker Awards, it was her birthday too. Oh my (laughs) God, you are a cruel, Uh, cruel human being. Yeah. And so basically we had a deal was that uh, our friends were going to meet us at Saddle Ranch which is the fake cowboy bar with the bull in it. Yeah. A couple doors down from where this was held. And I said, uh, you could split. She didn't have to stay past like 10 o'clock. So what happened was um, around 10, I was like, look, this is dragging on. Let me walk you out. And when I walked around, I got fucking locked out of the awards. (laughs) And I was afraid they were going to call. I saw the tweet. I figured this was a bit. It was not a bit. You literally had to plead on social media for someone to let you back into the poker awards. Like I texted a bunch of people who all ignored me. I texted Tuckman. I texted Maria Ho. I texted Daniel. 
everybody ignored me. And then I tweeted it and like. Do you think they ignored you or do you think they were like, uh, now we can enjoy ourselves? Yeah, I don't, whatever it was, nobody came running. Except when I tweeted, a bunch of people did. And uh, Sean McCormick's wife, actually, the guy who runs the poker room in Aria, she was the, the first one to come out. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so uh, it was overall good. Good, good night. Fine, fun. Good, good spirits. Is it true that it doesn't really matter who wins and loses? It's just a chance for everyone in the American poker industry to come together to have a good night, to have a laugh. That's what I'm saying this year because I lost. Yes, that's how okay. I. That's how yeah. I'm looking at this. So year. basically, after last year, where it was all about how wonderful this was and what how important these awards are and what they mean. Yes. This year, we've gone back to cynical Joe who thinks that they camaraderie. Don't, they don't actually. No, it means mean, nothing. Okay. So uh, what happened was with this amazing encounter with Nick Shulman right at the beginning, where. Um, Nick's like making a beeline for me. And I'm like, Nick, hey man, great to see you. And I reached out to shake his hand and I realized he's trying to get past me. So it was really awkward where he feels obliged to shake my hand. But Do you think it was a case of, um, you know, to misquote the Black Eyed Peas slightly that you're so 2010 and he's so 2018? It could have easily looked like that, but I realized in talking to Nick, uh, he's actually just kind of awkward. Like he doesn't, Really, well, we are going to talk to Nick right. very soon, and so, but I felt like kind of snubbed by him at first because he, he he was just trying to get past me and he didn't know what to do. And I was and I was like I was like this is going to be our big moment to chat, and he goes breezes on past me. So is it still a full on dinner? Because do you remember a few years back the European Poker Awards, which used to be a nice sit down meal, and they do the awards between courses, and then one year they literally handed them out in a thirty minute period at the bar in Monte Carlo. But does this one at least still have an air of formality? Full about on it? dinner, cocktail hour ahead of time, very nice hotel at the end as uh, West Hollywood uh, rooftop cocktail hour uh, still a very lovely affair Good. nice of poker stores I assume paid for it <laughs> to put it on um, so when they announced at the beginning they're like uh, da, 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 I just want to thank everyone for coming I also want to thank our our sponsor poker stars I just rip into applause like as loud as I can Are I'm you- like yeah with this just in the vain hope that there'd be some executive there who could, who's obviously going to be making important decisions about yeah. strategy for 2019. I was, I was and, hoping Eric Holreiser would be there and see what a fan I am of the brand, but instead everyone just really was annoyed, uh, which was great. And my seat was directly in front of the podium. So everything that I did all night long was observed by everyone. Because in the past, you've actually played an active role, whether it's seat filler. Yes, and or- that was such a relief this year. I was like, I don't have to do anything. I'm not going to win. I didn't prepare a speech. I just like a little like a bare bones speech, but uh, just in case. Uh, and so I was like, this is relaxing. I don't have to do anything. And then... About 20 minutes in the dinner, Tuckman, I'm sitting at Tuckman's table, and he's like, hey, did you get um, Eric Dennis's direct message? I'm like, first of all, why the fuck? Don't direct message me. Like, text me. It's like the worst way to get a hold of me. And Well, just to be clear, you can actually set... We're talking about Twitter, right? Yeah. Direct messages. You can set it so that they appear... If someone DMs you, it appears on your phone, like, as a text. Yeah, and I get... Look, I get, I get emails when I get direct messages, but I was actually in the fucking moment for once and was not on my phone, and I didn't get it. And... He said, hey, w- would you and Tuckman be willing to present the Lifetime Achievement Award? And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, I'll do it. But now I'm like, fuck, now I got to come up with a bit. I got to say something funny on stage. And um, they said, we want to present the award to Lon and Norm. So this is the classic Lifetime Achievement Award, which is normally handed out to people who they've kind of forgotten about over the years and haven't actually <laughs> given a proper award to. And they're kind of like, shit, they're probably going to die soon because they're quite old so we kind of need to do something now yeah so 
so now I'm sweating this the whole the whole ceremony. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna do this bit now. And I'm trying to come up with something with Tuckman and Tuckman and I. Uh, our, our sense of humor isn't always on the same wavelength. Okay. So I'm afraid that whatever bit he comes up with, I'm not going to want to do. We'll get to that later. So I was talking about some of the winners because that was the very last thing at the end of the night was the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, Scott Blumstein won for his main event win. Had a great speech. Love that kid. Just a really, I really enjoyed having him on the podcast and talking about his main event win. I thought he was a great he's guy. He's just a, such an earnest dude. That was great. Bryn Kenny won. Uh, for like GPI Player of the Year or whatever. Yes, which is one of the awards that was announced ahead of time because this, of course, was decided on GPI ranking points. Right, and he, his speech was just fucking top-notch. This is the speech of the night. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, 2017 was a sick year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anyone who knows me knows I have the biggest ups and downs everyone. So, I mean, I've had the best years and the worst years. So, I mean, it's just about keeping it even keel and relaxed and... <laughs> You win, you lose, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> you win, you lose, whatever. Fuck it. Do you know why Bryn had <laughs> such an amazing 2017? Do you know why Bryn won that award? Alligator blood. Oh, I thought it's because he, he loves the game of poker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that and the fat alligator blood. So Bryn Kenny's speech was awesome. It was a highlight. Jamie Staples won for streaming. Yeah, no, this was a controversial category because much like last year when people were like having that row about what constitutes America, and I think there was a bit of disappointment that the Negranu documentary Kid Poker wasn't recognized yeah. at all. And it was like, yeah, but it was made by Europeans, even though it was an American crew. And This year, all those rules went out the window, except for the fact that Lex didn't get Exactly. Nominated. And people were just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But crucially, he is Dutch. And so I can kind of see why he'd be excluded from this category. But I guess it was the what I call the Lex Veldhaus Consolation Prize, went to Jamie Staples. Yeah, so, and Jamie won, and because Jamie wasn't there, he recorded a video speech, or a thank you, and because he, when you record a video speech, you can't really read the room. No. And you can't get, like, played off stage. You know what I mean? Like, when your speech yeah. is going on too long. So his, his speech was lengthy, and there's nothing anyone could do about it, because it was just it was a video. <laughs> so I thought it was hilarious. Daniel uh, got shut out this year, didn't win anything, I don't think. Okay. Uh, which is, I think, good. I mean, you know, I don't think Daniel will be offended by this. I think it's good for other people to win some stuff. Um, this was so weird, though. A lot of people use their speech time for brags and plugs. Like the guy that run runs the Playground Poker Club <laughs> decided to talk about the guarantee for their next tournament. I think that's just really tacky stage. and really inappropriate. <laughs> and he was like... Last year, we had this many runners. This year, we're going to have even more. Come on out. It's March 9th. I don't I mean, I'm just making this up off the top of my head. And I was like, grab a beer, try the veal, tip your waitress. Yes. And then Daniel decides to like sort of get into it with him as he's getting off stage. Daniel's like, what are those dates again? And the guy's like, come on down to playground. And there's like this weird like chest thumping thing that happens between Daniel and this dude. Um Joe Ingram didn't win anything, but he managed to get on stage three or four different times. I don't know how the fuck that happened. And he's up there doing plugs. And he goes, yo, I think I'm out. I'm up here to like to give out an award, but I got to do my shout outs. I got to do my shout outs before. No, I'm you like, don't. You're you there don't. To, you're there exactly. to present an award. Just do what um, you've been instructed to do. So, and there was like a bunch of, for some reason, my category, uh, our category, but whatever, the broadcaster category was presented by a guy from Vanderpump Rules. Sorry, I don't know what that is. It's a reality show, like in the vein of uh, 
the Real Housewives. Well, that explains why I've never heard of it because I don't watch reality shows. Yeah, and I don't know that it airs here either. It must because it's really big in the states. What well, but... is it? Because it's broadcaster of the year, and this guy's on TV. Maybe. So let's get and him I was to like, present what it. What the fuck is happening here? So he gets on stage and he derails the whole cate- the whole category because they they had you know Jacob Zalewski, the guy who runs the uh, the One Step Closer charity tournament, the the yes. cerebral palsy one. He's like, I want to donate to Jacob's charity, and who else here wants to make a donation right now? And he turns into like an auction. I'm like, announce the winner of my category. It's a great cause, but seriously. Joe wants to be put out of his misery. Exactly. Do it on your own time. So uh, that was just very bizarre. Uh, my date was gone. At She's this had point. enough? Well, I, you know, I was her birth- like I said, it was her birthday, so I just told her to get out of there, and I knew I was going to win. But um, so N- Nick wins the award, and before we have Nick on, I just want to say that a lot of people on the jury, I haven't told you this, came up to me and were like, I fought really hard for you to win it again this year, Staves, because you paid me money. You paid me money. You have really nice lips. No gag reflex. Um, no, it's a lot of people are like, look, uh, Nick's great. Nick's really good. But Nick did 15 episodes in all of 2017. You know, he did 15 shows. You do the EPT, you do the live streams, you do the, the poker night in America. A lot of us really thought that, the really the broadcaster of the year should be someone that was more of a, a presence in the poker world. Sure. However, and- I guess there has to be a certain element of, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to do you down, but it, you you can't say that it should be quantity over quality, but also they do like to spread these things around. Right. You won an award last year. There's no Absolutely. way you're winning back totally. to back, ever. And so, right, exactly. And I do think it is important for other people to be recognized, especially when somebody comes on the scene as strong as Nick has and as universally lauded as Nick has been. But it was just like a nice thing for people to go, hey, you're consistently, you do a million shows a year, and you're consistently very good. We appreciate you. We fought for you. Now, I don't want to say that people are two-faced, but there's a very good chance that they can say to your face <laughs> oh, yeah, that they for fought sure. for you. And in the room, they're like, yeah, Stapleton's done. Unanimous. He's over. Unanimous I mean, Shulman. Nick Shulman is the guy. <laughs> and he will be the guy going forward. Stapleton's career is over. Well, Nick Shulman is the guy on the phone right now. Yes, indeed. Please welcome to Poker in the Ears, American Poker Award winning broadcaster of the year, Mr. Nick Shulman. Hi there, Nick. Hi. How are you? We're good. Nick, how does it feel to be a winner? It feels good, Joe. It's uh, it's a rewarding uh, thing. You uh, like I, I just, like I don't know how this all came to be for you. Like what your desire was to be a broadcaster? Did you get dragged into it? Um, and then when you were nominated, did did you want to win? Like I don't know what you care about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, I was, I was. I would say it was a mixture of dragged into it, but I was uh, I was sort of excited about it, or it kind of came about maybe five years ago or so. I I sort of found myself not not I don't know I I found it awkward for some reason because I feel like I'm a player, you know, analyzing poker, and and I really appreciate the the recognition, but. I, I wasn't. I feel the roles are a bit different than just the volume of work that I put in last year. Maybe doesn't justify an award. And if you looked at other sports where, like, a kind of active professional is is getting in the booth sometimes to commentate, I don't think they'd be winning broadcasting awards. But having said that, I, I really appreciate it. 
I mean, a question I was going to ask later on, but you've kind of brought it up, Nick, is Joe has been saying for years that with all these various awards or recognitions, that it's almost like broadcast teams should be recognized because it's very much a partnership. You know, when you do your stuff with Ali, it's it's the two of you. And obviously it's great that, that people are singling you well, out. As, all of them. Yeah. I mean, Joe has a, you know, a, has done tons of stuff outside of outside of poker go or, or super high roller bowl, but I, I couldn't agree more. I do feel it's a team effort. What, what Ali does, what Lon does, what others do. And then what guys like me do, or, or some of the other sort of player analysts or different roles. And we're a real cohesive kind of unit. And I just, I, my, for me, my, you know, my life is like competitive enough in a way I don't really want to be it's but it but it's it's a great honor and it, and it it does feel good you know I'm certainly not complaining about it if that makes sense. So when you say your life is competitive enough, are you still? Because I don't see you around poker that much. Granted, I don't do that much poker in the states anymore. Are you are you still playing poker to make your main living? I am. Yeah, I'm predominantly a cash game player. Still, still kind of in Vegas, uh, plugging away. But I go to tournaments. Here and there, I mean, there's so much good stuff to play uh, in Vegas, tournament-wise as well. But yeah, I'm still still an active player. And you said that you didn't work a ton this year, meaning like put in a lot of days of work doing broadcasting. But what I want to know is, how much work do you put into those days? Uh, when I do stuff, I, I mean, I put in a lot of work because I'm, you can tell I'm very ham-fisted. I'm <laughs> forcing a lot of my material onto people. And for you, do you do a lot of preparation? Is it all straight off the dome? Like, what's your style? What's your prep like? As far as the the uh, no-limit hold'em side of things, I just prepare pretty diligently throughout the year for the last however many years so that's you know that kind of washes itself broadcasting wise because i feel comfortable speaking the you know poker language and what have you and i try to be kind of at my best and and uh you know focus in the month or two leading up to broadcast because i want to be able to kind of keep my energy up and and feel like i'm in sort of a good kind of mental place and you know how those days are those are long days for sure but nonetheless yeah. these are the, the, the two tournaments i did are two of the best tournaments of the year they're so watchable and um you know it's just it's, it's a very good job i'm very lucky I mean, the thing is, though, you've got to be good at it, and you are good at it, Nick, and that's why you've been recognized, because, yes, you have to have the knowledge, but you also have to articulate that knowledge, and you have to articulate in a way that, and I don't want to sort of sound condescending, but that the average viewer can understand, but also find entertaining, because the last thing you want to do is knowledge dump and just give off loads of strategy and poker speak that's going to fly over above one's head and numb everyone into submission. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I've been mindful of it, and I appreciate it. I, I uh, it's hard. I, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I do feel like I have a knack for it. I've given it quite a bit of thought on on how to relay sort of complex material to, uh, you know, the masses, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm thankful that I kind of found a little groove with it. I gave it a lot of thought. I started years ago, and I was doing uh, this cash game series for for maury and i i forget exactly what it was but it was pre-poker go might have been poker central might have even been before that but i i gave it thought i wrote a lot of notes um 
I bounced ideas off of people. So I definitely don't, it's not, I know I kind of, kind of my, you know, shtick is that I'm just sort of stumbling in there, you know, see, let's see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm out there thinking about it like, like all of us. And, and I definitely take the job seriously. I'm so glad to hear that you work hard at it because I was, I was going to be so mad if you're like, nah, I just show up and no, say, I got journals. You know. I got journals full of ideas. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tweak things. I want my cadence to be, you know, I'm not just excellent. Just, it's just, you know, I just haven't had an opportunity to really say that. So I'm just, you know, all right, thanks. And, you know, I don't know. The thing I find incredible, Nick, and obviously it's great when you come into something and people are so supportive, but just how much praise and how much love you get. I know what the internet is like, and most people are at best polarizing. They might get some love, but they're also going to get some hate. Do you have any haters at all? I got some haters. Really? I got some haters. And, and I'm waiting for the for the other shoe to drop. You know, I got, I mean. Do you have any non-ex-girlfriend haters? <laughs> I do. The <laughs> other day, someone sent me a, a message on Twitter that said, uh, hey, Nick, I just want you to know that I hate you. Oh my God. That is the literal, the literal definition like of a hater. Definition of a hater. I was like, <laughs> well, right. Well, you know, I don't feel any ill will towards you, but I don't know. I feel it's like, because the, the nature of the whole thing was I, I was just, I'm very, I'm a pretty private person. I'm not, I feel very uncomfortable with the recognition in a way, but of course it also makes me happy. You know, it's right. not, It's a bit of a cliche when people say that, but I'm just kind of an introverted person and I don't, I didn't get caught up. I made a pretty conscious choice in poker pretty early on in my career to sort of abstain from the marketing side of it. And the, and the, I mean, again, fame is being used loosely, but in our (laughs) community, it's community. And you know what I mean? To kind of, to kind of shun that sort of side of it because it just made me very uncomfortable. So when it came to commentating and the, and the positive feedback and the praise, it, it's really touching for me, but there is a little part of me that feels that it's, I don't, I don't want to say deserve, but I know I work hard and I know that if I'm talking about poker, I, I appreciate the, the positivity and the good vibes because I, I know I, I really ha- have worked hard for, a long time and and it's almost sad in a way but it, i've been fairly singularly focused at many times in my life to just be a poker player to just work on improving my sort of strategies and game and, and keep myself prepared as a kind of life pursuit so the job complements those pursuits and that work and it, and it does feel good to get a slice of recognition but it's it's still foreign for me and i just I'm, I, I just want to get up in the morning and just keep working hard. That's like the things that keep me going. It's not sort of doing it for praise or this and that, but yet I, you know, I, I, I can't say it, it's not rewarding. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's perfectly acceptable to recognize your own hard work and to accept the, you know, the, the good things that are coming to you. Do you think that if you continued uh, to be a broadcaster and you continue to get more quote unquote famous, would you shy away from it? Or at this point, are you starting to get more comfortable with, uh, for lack of a better word, the spotlight? I think I'm starting to get more comfortable with it. Um, it's weird. It's, it's a weird, it's, a, it's, you know how it is. It's if, if you, I just want to be myself. It's, it's when I'm at my happiest. Uh, so I just don't know, you know, it's like broadcasting does seem like it might open some avenues for me that maybe I'm just adept in it via, 
you know, for, for whatever reasons. I don't know, because as far as the, like, my voice and this, I've heard some things from, like, TV. It's sort of surreal for me. I'm like, all right, guys, I, I don't know. And I, I would be open to, to those opportunities. I'm not going to, like, walk away from them or anything like that. But it, it is all very, very kind of surreal for me because I'm so focused on playing poker. And do you think that you want, is that it for you? Like you just want to play poker for the rest of your life? No, I'd like to transition out of it uh, at some point, but I do feel like the next few years for me are pretty pivotal. Just, I think you're, I don't know, conventionally kind of one's prime or things start to, you know, early to mid thirties after that, you gotta, you know, life happens, this and that. So I see a transition for me, but I'm very focused over the next, Five years poker-wise, I think, to just kind of leave it all out on the table, so to speak. And while you're still focusing on being a poker player, do you find that in covering events like the Super High Roller Bowl, in looking at and analyzing and trying to get into the minds of greats like Fedor Holt, Stefan Sontheimer, and other players like Phil Helmuth Jr., that it's improving <laughs> your game, that you're, cause you're, that you're always learning, you're always developing? Greatly, yes. I mean, I think at first it start, it stemmed from insecurity about my own game when I first got commentary gigs. I, I played a game that I don't I don't really like the term. Uh, not that I don't like the term, but if if you say you were a field player, it's kind of a loaded term because I think often modern. No it's an insult sometimes to call someone a, f- a field player. It could be an insult as if they just kind of show up utterly devoid of thought and <laughs> just start making a bunch of guesses. It's like I worked incredibly hard on my game in my own way. I was an obsessive, kind of manically driven player for a long time. And when I got the call to comment, I was one of those players who I knew a lot of things about poker, sort of just, I've just retained a lot of ideas, but the way I sort of found my my plays or my game was was in a, a bit of a way that I couldn't explain. And when I really started to kind of reverse engineer the path towards sort of arriving in the now, which was, you know, a few years ago when I started commentating and I started really thinking about my own game, it just it just really sucked me in to embrace modern theory to really become better at using a computer to, to kind of understand what modern players have really accomplished as far as modeling out strategies, prepared strategies, embracing branches of, of math like game theory and, and statistics and deep statistics and analytics and maybe outsourcing stuff and having all these different ideas. And what's funny is that when you do that for a while and you get really immersed or obsessed in a world like that, you realize you can still actually be a field player. And that voice shouldn't be totally quieted, but the combination of the two and the cohesion of the two really sucked me in. And I think a big part of that was because if you're going to put put a microphone in my face and ask me to talk about something, I really want to be an expert at it. And I already wanted that before I started, but then I started seeing new horizons poker-wise for me and my just uh, knowledge of the game started expanding and it was a pretty rewarding experience for me not to sound too pretentious but it was a very it was a day it was like a moving thing for me to really kind of start decide okay now i'm going to learn how to play poker already in the thick of a, of a pretty successful poker career kind of in spite of myself almost but again i worked very hard it was just i always worked morning to night it was just it's it's what i do i play poker 
And I think that for a lot of people, that's still shocking that you can work on your poker game that much. I, I made a recording of Nick's uh, acceptance speech. And at the very top, he says, when I first got the call to do commentary, I took a look at my game and I asked myself, am I even qualified to do this? And you can hear me in the recording go, what the fuck am I then? <laughs> but see, these are, to me, and your role, not to not to diminish, like, uh, you know, there, there should be a, a quote-unquote expert analyst. And then there there's the lifeblood of these productions, you know? Yeah, it's different. I mean, it's totally different. Like, I don't, I don't ever really, when people ask me how I felt about the awards, I don't ever really try to compare myself to you because I'm like, I could never do what Nick does. Nick is a professional poker player. I will never understand the game the way that he does. I bring something different to the table. And I think it's great that your role was recognized this year because, man, do people eat that shit up. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. You know, I agree. Agree with everything you just said, and and it is part of the reason why I found the award a little awkward. But it's true. It's it's nice to just anything that like brings brings us together and like celebrates the game is is a good thing. And it was it was nice going to those awards. Now, Nick, as part of the shtick that we do on our live streams when we're desperately trying to fill several hours of uninteresting play on day two of a main <laughs> event, there was a bit we did involving you that you probably have no knowledge of, which dates back to 2011. Because as Joe mentioned, we don't often see you in our events. But at the PCA that year, when we debuted the Super High Roller, you final tabled that event along with your friend Eugene Kachalov. And there was actually a feature in that TV show where you talk about the fact that you're poker buddies. And obviously you've been on the circuit together for a number of years. Then, of course, Eugene disappears to Europe to play the European events. And he buddies up with Elke. So Joe and I have had this thing going for ages about the shulman Kachalov elki love triangle and is nick jealous <laughs> that eugene has run off to europe and eloped with elki does eugene even call nick anymore you know you know at first i was a little jealous i, I, I must say <laughs> eugene and i were attached at the hip inseparable now all of a sudden uh, everywhere eugene is here's elki uh, right next to his side uh, just out of nowhere but, uh, you know, as the years have gone on, I've, I've accepted this. <laughs> who is that? who is your poker BFF these days? Who do you spend most of your time talking to? I don't know if you have roommates or whatever. Who are you like uh, your hang buddies? I have uh, my friend Ilya is. Uh, is Man, I remember Ilya from way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Old school, baby. Um, and then I have a friend in New York who's a very close friend of mine. We, we've, you know, not only just been close friends for years but we've talked poker strategy for i have a few friends in new york like that and uh, a few other friends kind of dispersed through the country that will you know have a have a daily kind of dialogue poker wise all right nick before uh before we play one of my dumb games i just have one question for you do you really want to try stand-up comedy it's i i, I love stand-up comedy i i don't know i might where did I this come from? So we were it's just what me and Nick were talking after the awards, and he just kind of slipped it in there. And my my I have a standard offer. A couple of poker players have mentioned to me, I will take you to a great place for your first time to do it. You know, super they, low key. I appreciate that. I'll look it's at your just, stuff. I respect the craft. Yeah. I respect the craft so much. I'm not one of those people who thinks because I'm like witty uh, here and there that I could just get up there and like cry. It would be if I tried it, I'd really be like 
I would really try it. The journals, you do, you'd have to go back. Buff, though, the history. Yeah, you got to write material. You got to try it. You know how it is. Today. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody wants to do stand up. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do it. But you got to like really put that time in. So if I feel I have that time one day, maybe, but you know. Well, I think your natural reticence, like to be away from the spotlight, might actually benefit you because a lot of stand up comics, like, are just kind of awkward in general so i think that possible I, I i'm think, also deeply deeply miserable which i yes. think is, a, is, a, is another prerequisite <laughs> to comedy and i'm a diehard stand-up comedy fan so yeah. i've seen all the greats don't get happy if that, no matter what you do do not get happy nick before we cut don't you worry. loose even sometimes i start feeling good but i knock it back just to keep the career moving <laughs> talk to me though perfect <laughs> all right before we cut you loose uh we're gonna play a quick little game with you i always do a little d- a dumb game with our guests this one, I know you're not exactly a rookie to the game, but you were, you know, nominated, first time nominated, first time winner. So uh, this game's called Rookie of the Year. All of these other people, these are trivia questions. All these other people, when they first burst onto the scene, won awards. So let's right. see if you are as good at figuring out these questions as you are at winning American Poker Awards. Question number one. They're multiple choice, by the way. Question number one. Major League Baseball's Rookie of the Year 1996 was Derek Jeter, Nomar Garciaparra, Carlos Beltran, or Chuck Knobloch? Jeter, Nomar, uh, Carlos Beltran, or Chuck Knobloch? Correct. Those are the four choices. This isn't like a trick question, right? They were all rookies in 96? They were not all rookies in 96. That makes it an even easier question. That's what I'm saying. I'm, Knobloch's ass been around for a while in 96, right? Maybe not. He's the guy who couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't throw to first base anymore. Yeah, right? he got, he what do they like, call oh, that? The yips. He, he got the yips. Imagine that, man. Everything's going fine, and then all of a sudden. You just can't anyway. throw to first base. <laughs> uh, rookie, I, I'm going to go with uh, Nomar. Let's go with Nomar. Nomar is incorrect. Now, I thought, as a New Yorker, I was going to be giving you a layup here with Derek Jeter, 1996. That is pathetic, you know? I mean, I was a Yankee fan, too, as a kid. I just thought Jeter came into his own in, like, his sophomore year. I didn't realize he lit it up as a rookie. You know, I, this is, like, a really awful story is that when I was a kid at baseball camp, I had a Derek Jeter-like Future Stars card, and my dad was like, yeah, they always say Future Stars. They never turn into nothing, and, like, the card got wrecked, and that card's <laughs> oh, worth man. fucking thousands now. Question number two. The 2005 NASCAR Rookie of the Year was a Dale Jarrett, Danica Patrick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., or Kyle Busch. Are these all real people? Yeah. Let's go with uh. Let's go with Bush. Bush is actually no. Sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. You are yes, absolutely right. You just automatically knee jerk hit the and button. I mean, no, come on, boy. I, I, well, it's because I because I remember that I was definitely making a vagina reference when I when I made this question. <laughs> uh, question number three: This actress who went on to play an X Man and a bunch of sexy vampire stuff won an Academy Award at age nine. Jennifer Lawrence, Kristen Stewart, Rose McGowan, Anna Paquin. She, what was the first part of this? She did what? She, she was, played an X-Men? She played one of the X-Men and then later did a bunch of sexy vampire stuff. Oh, yeah, the oh. vampire TV series. Oh, Paquin. Paquin on HBO. Anna Paquin yeah. is correct. All right, this one is... Uh, go on. No, I just said True Blood, right? That yes. was the show, Sexy that, Vampire. Let's go, boys. True Blood. Off. I could go all day. Question. <laughs> He's warmed no, up now. Question number four. Yeah. Star of the movie Rookie of the Year, Thomas Ian Nicholas went on to be one of the stars of American Pie. In that movie, 
What's the name of the sex move he performs on Tara Reid's character? Is it the titty twister, the tongue tornado, the sex swirl, or the moral oral? I want to say it's the tongue tornado. I, 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 I think some, some conolingus was involved in that scene, if I'm not mistaken. That but is, only, you know, it's been like 15, 16 years for me, Joe. So I'm going to go with the tongue tornado. It's been a long time since Nick's performed the tongue tornado, but he is correct. <laughs> Question you number... You need to get into my personal life. <laughs> That's the next interview, buddy. I'm fascinated by Nick Schultz. Now that I have his phone number, it's gonna be, he's going to have to block me. All right, here we go. Question number five. Funniest newcomer at the now defunct American Comedy Awards in 1987 was it Woody Harrelson from Cheers, Alf from Alf, Paul Reiser from My Two Dads, or Matt Frewer from Max Headroom? Jesus. 1987? 1987. Who was the second one? Alf from Alf? Alf from Alf. Hang on a second. That's a puppet. It is a puppet. This is tough. And, and there's Harrelson, there's Riser, there's Alf, and who was the last one? Matt Frewer from Max Headroom. <sighs> yeah. This is a tough one. Let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, Woody, I don't know, sitcoms, acting, don't really see him as a stand up comedian. I know Paul Riser was a great stand up, but I don't. Let's go with Riser, but it sounds too late. In 87, he was already. It's got to uh, be Harrelson. Riser, it's probably that last guy. Do you want to do you want to Hector a heart again? That's one of your lifelines. You can Hector a heart again. I'm gonna Hector a heart again. You have an opinion on this? I do have an opinion. I think it's got to be Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is correct. Funniest newcomer. Oh, wow, I'm now very thank To me, you. to me, it was a thank coin you. flip between Harrelson and Riser. There's no way they're giving an award to a puppet. <laughs> and Max Hedrum was way before 1987. Also, was awful. All right. Know him. Two more, two more. Oh, sorry. He's great then. Uh, question number six. Uh, two questions left. Question number six. According to zenpipe.com, what was the best new strain of cannabis for 2017? One of them is real. I made the rest up. Was it Purple Nurple, <laughs> Broheim, Sleek Cherry, or Pinkman Goo? How are you supposed to work out which the real one is? They all sound ridiculous. <laughs> One more, one more time. No, so problem. no, I might be able to work this one out. Don't worry. Let me just think back to 2017. <laughs> one more time. If you partook in this, you probably don't remember 2017. Here we go. Question: <laughs> Your choices are Purple Nurple, Broheim, Sleek Cherry, and Pinkman Goo. Purple Nurple, Broheim, Sleek Cherry, or what's the last one? Pinkman Goo. I'm gonna go with purple nurple. Purple nurple. They, yeah. Incorrect. Pink, Pinkman goo. Pinkman goo. I gotta get some pink goo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you boys over over here. I'll, I'll make those arrangements. Before you start writing that stand up, I'm gonna ship you some Pinkman goo. Uh, question. Yeah, exactly. Question seven. 2010 Bluff Readers Choice Award Poker Commentator of the Year was it Lon McCarran, Ali Najad, Nick Shulman, or Joe Stapleton? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Shulman for now. Uh, 2010 Bluff Magazine Reader's Choice of the Year, Commentator of the Year. I'm going to go with Stapleton. Stapleton, he burst on the scene. Yeah, I did. Do Come you off, still baby. have the trophy? Oh, easy one there. Yes, I still have the email they sent me. Congratulating me. That's all I fucking got for that. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Looking forward to hopefully we get to work together someday. Uh, it, honestly, about stand-up holler anytime, uh, even if you want to run a joke past me. Uh, it, I would love that, Joe. I really appreciate that. 
It's been a pleasure and hope to see you around, buddy. Likewise. Thanks for having me on, boys. I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Well, just before we move on, Joe, uh, just to finish our American Poker Awards recap, you mentioned that the night finished with the presentation of the Lifetime Achievement Award to Loma Karen and Norman Chad. So how did it go when you went out on stage to present this? Well, I figured I would just uh, play it for you guys. I'm just really excited. I mean, after a couple of years of being nominated, and being <laughs> so I want to thank my wife. Uh, we didn't win this, and you weren't even nominated. So, um, now we couldn't tell you guys. Is it to me? Was it to me? Is Dave talking? Have you ever listened to his radio show? Uh, anyway, we can tell you. It's not about us. It's not about us. We can tell you who is winning this year's Lifetime Achievement Award. Or Dave could just get really excited about an inconsequential river card, and I could do a joke about my ex-wife. <laughs> the winners of this year's Lifetime Achievement Award are Long McCarran and Norman Chad. I didn't realize my gag at Dave was going to, like, turn the room. I loved it. So you took a swipe at him, you took a swipe at Lon, you took a swipe at Norm. I was like, oh, and I'm so glad you guys are retiring. Like, I just <laughs> announced that as he was taking the stage. Now, Lon made a really great speech, and I was going to play it on the show. However, it's a little long. Uh, and also, he actually talks about his wife passing away at the beginning of it. And I feel like maybe that's uh, not something I want to put out there. Maybe it's not something he wanted to be repeated. It was something in the moment. But he honestly, he didn't know he was getting it. He was genuinely touched. And uh, I think for a guy that just walked up on a stage and didn't have anything prepared, he, he made a really great speech. And it actually gave me, I saw Lon as a person really for the first time ever, probably, uh, as opposed to broadcaster and guy that occasionally needles us <laughs> on social media. So I was really, uh, I was, I genuinely think that Lon and Norm deserve it. Yeah. I mean, I come back to my original point, which is the whole idea of poker awards is a bit nonsensical but yeah. if we are going to have them absolutely those two deserve to be recognized i mean let's be honest before any of us worked in this stupid industry we were all watching those guys on tv yeah. and admiring and loving their work yeah um and, and what they've been doing this for 15 years now i think it was 2003 that they first started working together it was the money maker year that they were partnered for the first time and that partnership has just gone from strength to strength yeah absolutely and they're still the most recognized names as far as that job is concerned and you know the the duo really does really well. Blon actually brought up the fact that Norm loathes the American Poker Awards and said uh, that if the American Poker Awards would ha were held in his backyard, he would hang out in his front yard. <laughs> so, like, Norm seriously wants no part of this thing. And I just wanted to say one thing that um, when, just to go along with how much I do think these guys deserve it, uh, Norm specifically being a huge influence on me, obviously, um, when What's the guy's name? Played Tony Soprano. Fuck. James Gandolfini. When James Gandolfini died, Brian Cranston took to Twitter and said, I just need to tell everyone in the world that how much James Gandolfini meant to me. Without Tony Soprano, there is no Walter White. And I feel the same way. Without Norman Chad, there is no Joe Stapleton. Like, so he's the one to blame, basically. Exactly. He's the one to blame. <laughs> Fucking hit him over the head with that award. What a jerk. Poker in the ears. James, let's go into the lobby. Well, we have to address the controversy, Joe, that was last week's Poker in the Ears free is, roll. Is this number right? 983 runners. Now, personally, I think that's an amazing achievement. However, many of the regs were not happy. You know when you wake up 
on a Wednesday morning to a shitload of at replies that something's gone Uh-oh. wrong. And people like Yanis, Moyek, and Rob were not happy about the fact that there were clearly players in the free roll who were not podcast listeners, but had clearly got hold of the password. And in fact, during the late registration period, there were people spamming the password in the chat to ensure that many of these value hunters, should we call them, were able to join the action. So you guys will be glad to know that James has already launched an inquisition. The torture rack has been set up. He's got spies on the ground. You do not want to give me authority to torture because I will. So what happened? Well, obviously we appreciate that some people will only listen to the podcast to get the free roll details, but ultimately we do want them to actually listen to the podcast. So one of the things I think we need to change here Mm -hmm. is I think we can stop boasting about the fact there's a free roll as much as we do, maybe when we're promoting the podcast and maybe let the content speak for itself and the loyal regular listeners will still get the free roll information when they listen. Exactly. And the second thing is let's eliminate late registration. In fact, I've already sent an email to the attorney team and said the game that's scheduled for next week, can we please bin off late reg so the same deal it won't appear in the lobby until 20 minutes before it starts so there won't be that much time for people hunting for free rolls to try and find that information and once the game has started once there are players sat at the tables no one will be bothering for the password because no one will be able to sign up anymore i really wanted to play in the free roll last night but yoga teacher sorry guys uh so the next 500 dollars free roll that will not have late registration will take place on Monday, the 5th of March. And I appreciate that some people said, guys, don't give people so much notice, so many days. I still maintain there is a decent percentage of our core fans, our core listeners, who are not listening to this show until the weekend or until Monday morning. This demand is like a very typical self-serving demand. It's, hey, I download the podcast. I want to be in the free roll with six other runners. Sorry, dude. We got we to gotta give people some time to get in this thing. Balance. We want the field to be decent, just not ridiculous. And I will concede it was a bit ridiculous last week. So Monday, the 5th of March is the next game at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That is 9.05 p.m. GMT. That is 10.05 p.m. Central European Time. 20 minutes before the game starts, Red Carpet Night will appear in the lobby. We've been talking about the American Poker Awards. So we've decided that Monday, I believe it's the night after the Oscars, will be Red Carpet carpet night for poker in the ears fans and you'll be able to sign up using the password and the winner is that's all one word all lowercase a n d t h e w i n n e r i s i have been needled about this enough the winner is not me i get it i didn't win anything this year and the winner is our guest, Nick Shulman, who we thanks once again for coming <laughs> on the show. So yes, that'll get you signed up to Red Carpet Night, taking place on Monday the 5th of March, uh, 5 past 9 in the evening G- GMT, that's UK time, 5 past 10 in the evening Central European time. Um, I'm reticent about introducing this week's Superfan because I don't want him to get a torrent of abuse from Joe Stapleton, but whatever. Superfan versus Stapes. Michael Dynasty, welcome to Poker in the Ears. Hello. Hello, Michael. Michael. Hi. I, yes. I, I don't really mean this, but fuck you. Because <laughs> right. I can't believe you made me watch this movie. You know, it's kind of like Schrodinger's <laughs> Schrodinger's movie. Because in my right. mind, I was like, this is a classic. This is so many people's favorite movie. 
I'm yeah. going to love this movie. It's going to be hijinks, chicanery, probably yeah. some 70s misogyny, some boobies. Some, it's there. It, it, yeah, that's all there. But also, there's a fucking lot of garbage, too. It's, it's like <laughs> almost unwatchable. It is just a string of scenes that nobody really cares <laughs> I think you missed out, Joe, though, by only seeing it as an adult. And you heard me talking about the film the other yeah. week, Michael. As a kid, I did love this. I grew up with this film, and it was one of my favorites. It was only yeah. when I revisited it Did you just fill in adult. the blanks with your imagination as a kid as to like where the rest of the movie is like? I actually found <laughs> I actually found Dom DeLuise charming as a child. I found the Roger Moore gags yeah. hilarious. I didn't yeah. know that Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> actually drunk roger moore drunk, was yeah. hilarious as i mentioned earlier in the show i did it i did enjoy his scenes quite a bit um yeah. anyway enough of the abuse yeah, of okay, our guest fine. joe yeah. Let's i was crushed i was crushed when james said he thought it was shit last week i was like uh, <laughs> this is my, well, you can, might as well have stamped on my childhood you consider know. yourself but, crushed uh, twice because i also did there's not enjoy it. let's let's get to know you michael tell us okay. about you who is your daddy and what does he do uh, my daddy is uh, old and retired now, but um, I uh, I just work. You know, I work for local government uh, in Ooh, an office. A civil uh, servant. Cybercrime, as it happens. What's wow? What's the most serious cybercrime that you've thwarted? <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't managed to thwart any yet. Unfortunately, we uh, we we're trying to plan how we might how might we might best go about protecting businesses from being attacked by cyber criminals but um because there's a lot of it about that's cool that's i mean that is a, a an overlooked uh area of uh, crime fighting it really is i mean it's it's the new frontier you know they'll there, there's you're a much more risk as a business you're a much more risk of a cyber attack than you are a physical you know like a burglary or whatever you're much more likely to have someone trying to get into your email to send you a phishing email than you are anybody trying to climb through a window so um they need to uh they need to take it seriously. Trying to climb through a window, and my computer is usually a window of porn. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That makes you yeah. particularly vulnerable. We won't get into that now, <laughs> uh, Michael. Apart from watching the Cannonball Run, what do you do in your downtime? Yeah. Um, well, apart from playing a bit of poker, I like I like to golf, which makes me very interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poker, golf, and a bit of guitar. That's kind of my. Uh, that sounds like a good combo to me. Is that uh, is that mainly online poker, or do you get to play live at all? It's almost almost exclusively online now. I used to be uh, there used to be like a poker night up the local snooker club, which was like a league night, you know that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but that that closed down when they turned the place into a nightclub, and uh, I haven't really seen much live poker yet. And so whereabouts are you? Uh, in Hertfordshire. Okay, yeah. So you'd have a bit of a journey if you wanted to play live on a regular basis. Yeah, if I want to go to town, I mean, there's, there's we've got two casinos in Luton up the road. There's a Genting or Genting or whatever it's called, and there's they have games there every night. I've been up there a couple of times for their sort of cheap Friday night one. But a lot of live poker for me. It's, I reminded Joe talked about who was that guy, William Kasuf, and mm. Joe des, Joe described him as the sound of every British card room. And when he was going on one of his, uh, you know, yes. rants, and it's like, there's that, you know? So I, sometimes I get... Is I, that yeah, a, that's a, that's a deterrent for you or that's an attractive? <laughs> it's a deterrent. Okay. Definitely yeah. a deterrent. It's Definitely. A, you don't want to be sitting there at the table and everybody telling you what you're doing wrong, which British players seem to love to do so much, just talk about how brilliant they are. And Might I suggest... Just, uh, that, that can be a wind-up. You know? That you play on Poker Stars. I do play on Poker Stars. Have you seen my I just got paid. Thank you. 
Well, we're going to try and get you my, to... An... My avatar is James. Oh, oh really? yes, of course, Michael. Yes. You actually changed it to James, James with a gormless expression, uh, which yes, we're very grateful yes. for. So you've already had one prize out of us. Let's see if we can give you another. Yeah, uh, right. Obviously, Excellent. we've got a mini chip set up for grabs, but also we're going to give you the opportunity to potentially satellite your way to one of our live events. There's a $22 satellite ticket out for grabs as well. Um, I'm revealing the questions now. When I say revealing them, that's to myself, not to Joe Ob, although he'd probably yeah. still lose. Um <laughs> I'll trust There's interns. some movies that I'm upset that I can't remember, and this is one I want to try to forget. Okay, well, there are uh, trusty interns have provided 12 questions, so we'll go with five questions each. And, Michael, as you are our super fan, uh, you can choose first. So numbers 1 through 12 are available, and I believe, yes, they are all multiple choice should you desire to take the options. Okay. Well, I know it's always coming seven, but three is the magic number. So okay. Uh, question number three. Remember, if you can answer it without taking the multiple choice options, two points are up for grabs. What make of car does the shake drive throughout the race? It's a Rolls Royce Silver Shadow, I believe. Two point I only needed the brand. I didn't need the model, but uh, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. I'm, uh, I'm worried because I would have gotten that one, and I feel like that could be it for me. Okay, well, Joe, come on. Okay. Positive thinking. Yeah, Pick, a Pick a number. Let's go with number one. Number one. What reason does Victor give for being late at the start of the movie? Uh, he was uh, performing surgery. Saving someone's life. You don't want to take the multiple choice option? Oh, shit. No, I, already, I already screwed it up. Sorry, I forgot those multiple choice options. Okay, well, Michael, as Joe has not taken the options and the options are still available, you could steal potentially for two points. I can steal. He was uh, late because his hamster was having an anxiety attack. Uh, Correct. That's right. At this point, I still like the movie. I was like, okay, let's warm it up. Yeah. Uh, Michael, <laughs> after the first round, you have a 4-0 lead. Um, I don't think it's going to get any better, Joe. Uh, pick another question. Pick another number. Uh, number seven, then. Go on. Number seven. Which driver is the last person left fighting at the big brawl? Oh, Jackie Chan. It is Jackie Chan for two points. <sighs> I'm just bad at picking the questions. Okay, See, well, this, this movie's had more of an impact on Joe than he realises. Question nine, please. My lucky number. Let's do this. How many different girls is Roger Moore seen with? I didn't even notice that they were changing. <laughs> That's the gag, you fool. Oh, man. Five. It is five! Yeah, oh. we're on the board. The options were five, six, seven, eight. And Joe, there is a bonus question. Yes. Here. What does the cigarette lighter in Roger Moore's car do? It's the uh, ejector seat. It is for a bonus point. All right. Uh, you still lead six, three, Michael. So don't worry too much. Right. Uh, your next question. Two, four, five, six, eight. Oh, uh, 10, uh, 11 two. or 12. Uh, number two. What is the full name of Roger Moore's character? Oh, God, it's Seymour Goldfarb Jr. or something It like is. Seymour Goldfarb is enough. Thank you very Wait, much. I thought, he was I thought he played himself. No, he's Seymour Goldfarb, who's think who thinks he's a movie star called Roger Moore. That's the joke. Ah, okay. Whew. I told you I had to watch... Oh, by the way, Michael, I couldn't get this. I had to watch, like, a bad streaming copy of this, so some of it was... Hard to follow. Excuses. That's, that's good excuses. Excuse. Joe, four, five, six, eight, the rest... Let's go with let's go with number eight. I don't ever think I number pick eight. eight. What crime does JJ tell the two local sheriffs that the two priests are guilty of? I'll take the options, please. Robbing a church, drink driving, speeding, being flashers. 
robbing a church. No. He said they were flashes. There is a bonus point that you could still potentially score. Okay. Now, JJ did this in retaliation for what act by the priests? Uh, they let the air out of their tires. They did, so you at least score one point in that round. Uh, next question is for you, Michael. Four, five, uh, number six, 12. 12. Man knows Sorry. what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did Captain Chaos do instead of winning the race? Uh, he rescued some woman's dog by jumping in the river. And it was like they're Dividity. making it up as they go along. It was so, I was fucking so angry. Uh, <laughs> that was worth two points. Joe, <laughs> would you like four, five, six, ten, or eleven? Five, please. Five. What is the name of the boat that JJ and Victor crashed Fuck. on the lake? Fuck, I was like, this is going to be a question. Remember the name of this boat. I'll take, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the choice. <laughs> was it the Mary Jane, Liquid Asset, the Unsinkable, or Belly Dancer? Belly Dancer. It is for a point. Ooh. Michael, your final question. Four, six, ten, or eleven? Ten. Question number ten. Who does Sammy Davis Jr. tell the Greek is his co-pilot for the race? <laughs> God is his co-pilot. Yes. Can find somewhere to sit. <laughs> <laughs> that line is half funny. Joe, is. four, six, or, or eleven? Uh, eleven, please. Question eleven. What is the name of the movie that Jackie Chan's character is caught watching in the Mitsubishi? No uh, choices, please. On Golden Pond, behind the green door, enter the dragon or Dirty Harry. On Golden Pond. No, it was behind the green door, meaning the final score is 12 <laughs> points to Michael, 5 points to Joe. Congratulations, Michael. We may hate this movie, you. but you clearly love it, you clearly I know do. it, and you have crushed this game of Superfan vs. Stapes. Thank you very much. Take that Hardigan avatar all the way to the W crew. I don't know. What's the big deal these days? <laughs> I will. Well, maybe a Platinum Pass? I mean, I can't can't get you the Platinum Pass, but I can get you a small percentage of its value. And when I say small percentage, I mean like 0.001% of its value. <laughs> I can give you a $22 yeah. satellite ticket to EPT Sochi because I believe that satellites are still running nice. on Stars. Fantastic. I'll take it. Michael, thank you very much for coming on the show. Cheers, Great to guys. talk to you. Thanks, dude. Bye-bye. All right, my babies, that is just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next week, we're going to do a brief poker news roundup. Yeah, try and see some of the things that have been happening in the industry that maybe we've not paid attention to in the last few weeks. Yeah, just some of the just some of the more interesting stories. But if there isn't anything, I'm more than happy to dedicate the entire episode to your weekend at the Hippodrome and your experience playing the London Megastack. I will be telling those stories regardless. There, There's a couple of good ones there, and specifically uh, the way in which my tournament ended. Tune in next week. Uh, and we have a super fan. Rob Vernon is doing Pulp Fiction. Yes. I have to decide whether I want to gift this one to the interns or whether I want to do this quiz myself. I kind of feel I owe them, after the Cannibal <laughs> Run, a good movie. So if they can watch a two-and-a-half-hour Tarantino movie on the company's Time and Dime, I think they've deserved that treat. What a fucking... Do they go back to, like, their college professors and they're like, what did you do this week at Pokers? We watched Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's like the least responsible teacher you had in high school. It's like, oh, he's putting a movie on because he was, like, going through a divorce. Anyway, that's all the time we have got. There's another page in this running order. Oh my god, what's left? Oh my goodness, please guys. This is the most important thing. How can I have left this out? Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. 
This really helps us out a lot, keeps us employed. Get on there, do it. It's just a couple of clicks. You like the show, you listen to it, just give us a few clicks. Also, your questions, your comments, and your super fan applications can be sent to us via Twitter using the hashtag poker in the ears. Now that is all the time we got for this. I always say that, by the way. We have all the time we want. The show can go. We could just sit here and leave, we the, just, yeah. leave the recording going, go and get a cup of tea, totally. come back, say, it's a podcast. hey, what's happening? Do the fuck we want. But I like acting like it's a real radio show. So that is all the time we got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.